Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from George Mason University School of Business. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Jarapabon Potomac Companies, Mark Haas, Associate for Enterprise Growth, Michael Lasseter, Saville Studley, and Shirley Mary Hertzbach. And we have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today, including Lisa Firestone, President and CEO of Managed Care Advisors, Kathy Anderson, President and CEO of Goodwin House Incorporated, Jay Calleth, CEO and founder, Allied Mission Group, and Constance Chatfield-Taylor, president of Flying Colors Broadcasts. Let's get to know our first guest, Lisa Firestone, president and CEO of Managed Care Advisors. Lisa, what is Managed Care Advisors? What are you guys doing? Managed Care Advisors is a national health services company that specializes in case management. We help injured workers uh, get better, get back to work. Mm-hmm. How large or how small is this organization? We're about 125 people right now, covering 30 states. We have clients nationally and on uh-huh. all U.S. And did you s- you started this business? Yes, correct? I did. Uh huh. Where are you from originally? I'm from Langley Park, Maryland. And how many brothers and sisters? I have one brother. One brother. And what did mom and dad do for a living? My mom was a, a housewife up until I was age four, mm-hmm. um, and then um, she had to go to work. Why'd she have to go to work? Uh, my father and mother divorced at age four, so she went out and she got her insurance license and ended up being one of the top agents in the in the area. Wow, you got a lot of respect for your mom, it sounds oh, like. absolutely. So mom and dad got divorced at the age of four. Yes. And it sounds like you got a lot of respect for your mom uh, for her tenacity, it yes. sounds like. Uh-huh. And uh, what, do you, what do you think the effect of you was on mom and dad getting divorced at the age of four? I think it taught me that, you know, life is precious and when things happen, you pick yourself up and you keep going forward. And I just became very tenacious. Mm-hmm. Michael, what are you, what are you picking up? Uh, how young were you when you got the vision of healthcare? I was very young. I think I was in middle school and I decided I wanted to be a doctor and uh, did everything, started candy striping and working in that direction. I spent a lot of time trying to reach my goal. Oh, wow. So who, who influenced you the most or who was the most influential person in your life? I mean, as I look back, this is probably a new answer for me, but I think my mom. Wow. Why well, so? Yeah, why? I think just, you know, adversity, you know, it just never got to her. I never realized that she had to work her way up. I remember one incident where my first job, I lost my job. I got they were cutting jobs at a hospital. She said, you have 24 hours to feel sorry for yourself, pick yourself up, and do something better. Wow. And also, you mentioned, somehow I just get the sense you're pretty goal-oriented. Am I correct about that? I'm very goal-oriented. I look forward. And what do you, what do you I, mean? I do what it takes to meet a goal. Uh-huh. Mark? Uh, what brought you comfort as a child? I think my grandparents, family, just being around people that cared and would listen. Is that reflected in the business today? I think so. You know, I am trying desperately to have a culture where people are listened to, where we look for their abilities and we try to have them maximize their goals. Wait, 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 wait. I read the newspapers. Business is about if you bring somebody and they don't work out, you just fire them. You're talking about trying to maximize everybody's goals? What are you talking about? Well, I think that, you know, there's obviously going to be times where people are not the right fit. But in our culture, we will work with these people to see if we have them in the right position. We look within ourselves. Are we giving them the tools they need to succeed? Some will and some won't. Who did but we're going to give it our best. Who did that for you when you were a kid? I, you know, I had my grandparents doing that for me. Um, I had my mom doing that for me. Doing what for you? Giving, trying to give me confidence and pushing me. It was sometimes tough love, right? You mm-hmm. don't complain. You do what you can to make things Shirley, better. Shirley, what are you picking up? Well, I'm wondering how old you were when you first started making money. I was pretty young. I was in middle school. I started teaching swim classes uh, and started making money. And by the time I was out of high school, I was making good money doing it. And how were you able to get the jobs that you got? I think just by talking to people and asking and saying, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm good at it. And, you know, wouldn't take no for an answer, basically. And how do you think that affects who you are in your business today? 
I think it just keeps you moving forward. Look, any business owner, any CEO is going to run into obstacles. And at the time, it may not look like you can get over them, but you keep pushing and you get over the top and you just take the next stance. Mm -hmm. What's the best part of your day? What do you enjoy most about your day? The people. I, I, I love working wait with a minute, the Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says here, maybe I'm wrong. It says here, you're president and CEO of yeah. Managed Care Advisors. I thought you were going to tell me you're making tons of money. You know, money's not bad, but that wasn't my primary goal in Do business. Do you have the fanciest car? I have a nice car. Do you have the fanciest? I live, you know, one of the best story to explain that is I had my entire team over to my house several years ago, and they said, wow, you're normal. You just live in a normal place. Why don't you buy the fanciest car and buy the biggest house? You're running a really successful firm here. Why did your team think you were normal, and why did you invite your team to your house? Because I, I, I wanted to show them the environment. I wanted to celebrate them. I wanted to take care of them. Every day, you don't have a company if you don't have employees. So I you know, show this every week. You know, For the last 20 years, I've served breakfast every Thursday. Hey, excuse me, give me that again? For 20 years on Thursday mornings, you get breakfast. And it's just a way to give back, to show that people are important. Uh-huh. So, so you had them to your home. Why did you have them to your home? We were having a celebration. I opened up my house. They actually did a scavenger hunt in my house, which didn't go over too well with me as they went in every closet, I think. <laughs> but it made them see me as a person and not just this person who's a CEO and president. I don't want people to be intimidated by that. Isn't that frightening, though, having people to your home and letting people see you, who for who, see you for who you are? No. That's what you want. That's yes. And, wh and why, do you, why do you serve breakfast on Thursdays? It's some way that I can show them that, you know, it, it, I'm doing something to care for them. And it's something I enjoy doing. It started when I was a hospital administrator, and that was the only way you could get anybody to a meeting. But then you realize that it's also a time to talk, and people get together. And So what, 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 what's, the, what, what's the pivotal moment in your childhood that's really affected who you are? Was that mom and dad getting divorced, or was that something else? I mean, I think that when, in hindsight, it probably gave me a great role model in my mom. I think another pivotal aspect in, in my in childhood came in college where I wanted to be a doctor and was told that I'm a woman. I'm not strong enough. I will never have a family. Um, so, so what did that do to you? How did that affect you? I told him, okay, see you when I own the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually told you that? Yeah, my, got, my counselor as I was getting ready to apply to medical school. Oh my gosh! You're you, and what? Give me a uh, give, give, what decade was this? What year was this? It was 1980. 1980. Somebody told you that you couldn't do it because you're a woman. Yeah, and an orthopedic surgeon had to be stronger and bigger. Oh my gosh! And and you felt, I'll show you. Oh yeah, and I still feel that way. Uh huh. And that tenacity came from your childhood, from Poncho. Michael. What else you thinking? What else you picking up? Well, it just sounds like you've had to come over, overcome. Excuse me, a lot of obstacles. I just want to know, like, what really, what motivates you? What gets you up? What makes you keep fighting, keep pushing, yeah. keep that tenacity? You know, it's funny because I don't really look at obstacles. I don't. I don't think I've been up against any more obstacles than anybody else. But I think what gets you going every day, and we'd be lying if we didn't say there's days that we're just dreading because right. we know something's happening. But I think, you know, you keep going because you look at the bigger picture. It's not just the company. It's the ability to work with people. We're saving people's lives. I've got a great family. I've got kids. I mean, y you have to just look at the broader picture. You can't focus just on one piece. Mark, what else are you thinking? So you've got an older brother. I do. Um, and the, would he recognize who you are today based on how he knew you as a kid? You know what? I think he he's he'd be very proud. He is very proud of me. We're mm -hmm. we're very very close, and he was my you know kind of father figure mm -hmm. for a long time. So, would he have seen me like this? Probably. I'm still his little sister. Does he appreciate it and does he respect it? I think he does. Mm -hmm. uh, he was your father figure. Yeah. Your older brother. Was. Why was that? Well, I mean, we my parents divorced when I was four. He was seven, so at a very young age, he took you know he took that persona. He's a wonderful guy, and he's still like that. And to this day, if I needed anything, I'm still the little sister. Uh huh. Are you are you a mom? 
I am a mom. How many, ki- how many kids? I have three kids. What's the similarity between being a mom and being a CEO? I think it's, it's being able to sometimes realize you can't focus on the small things. You have to look at the big picture. You have to let people grow. Sometimes they're going to stumble, and you have to let them just be there to catch them. Actually, I, I didn't mean to ask the question that way. Am I, am I putting words in your mouth? or Do you really see a similarity between being a mom and being a CEO? I, you know, in some ways I do. I think it's more when I was a a working mom. I've owned my company for 20 years, so I was in my late 30s. Um, I was the only working mom in the preschool. And so, you know, back then you felt like, can I do it all? And uh, I have three extremely successful children, and I have a wonderful husband, and you know what? You can do it. What's the definition of success? What's your definition of success? I've been able to employ a lot of people. I've never not paid a payroll. Um, I do respectful work, and I've gained the respect of, of my peers and my customers. Huh. I thought you were going to tell me it was making a lot of money or, you know, well, I, what's the website address for Managed Care Advisors? It's mcacares.com. Let me have that one more time. mcacares.com. Com. We've been speaking with Lisa Firestone, President and CEO of Managed Care Advisors here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name and organization is? I'm Jim Vant. I'm with Octo Consulting Group. And what's your role in Octo Consulting Group? I'm the Executive Vice President for our Intelligence Community and Department of Defense and, and Business w- Unit. And you were telling me that there's a, pers- a common personality trait amongst you and your team members. What is that? Mission-centered, mission-focused. What do you mean mission-centered, mission-focused? We, are, uh, we really try to own the client mission set and stay aligned to that uh, from an agility standpoint and being responsive to their needs uh-huh. as well as uh, having a culture and an environment that is focused on that mission. How young were you when this mission thing began to show itself up in your blood? Mission's been in my uh, lifeblood since I was born. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, my stepfather was a logger as well. So I've been uh, very much uh, focused on mission. So what's growing up on a dairy farm have to do with mission? Uh, there's a tremendous amount of uh, uh, work ethic that is built, uh, as well as uh, understanding that uh, when we don't get the job done, uh, problems happen. And so we really need to take on those problems. So this dairy farm that you grew up on, it operated three hours a day, four days a week, right? <laughs> uh, the, the dairy farm never shuts down. It is three, six, five, seven by 24. So you, you, knew about, you know about responsibility, you got, and you got to keep cooking and you got to keep going. Does that have anything to do with your business success? I think the business success is a result of the work ethic and the tenacity to uh, overcome challenges on a regular basis. So it's all about, it's, and it's also responsibility. It sounds to me like you couldn't let the cows down. Couldn't let the cows down, for sure. You know, you kept on booking there. What was the best part of growing up on that dairy farm? The tremendous amount of uh, learning experiences. Uh, I found that uh, you really have to understand multiple trades. You have to know soils. You have to know equipment. You have to know uh, cattle. Interesting, uh, and it, it uh, really shows that to be uh, successful in business, what, you have to have uh, multiple. The What's the website address of Octo Consulting? OctoConsulting.com. Let me have that one more time. OctoConsulting.com. We've been speaking with Jim Van, Executive Vice President of Octo Consulting, and your name and organization is Greg Shipers with Savile Studley. And what do you guys do for a living? We're a commercial real estate tenant advisory firm. So you represent only the tenants to the landlords. Exactly right. Uh-huh. And uh, what's your role in what's your role in this Savile Studley? I co-lead a team of five brokers. So you co-lead a team. So you're like a manager or supervisor, huh? How young were you when this was showing up in your blood? It's been a consistent theme throughout Give my entire life. Give me an example. Life. How young? I grew up playing sports. The age of five or six, I was a center back for the team, and in high school, I was elected to captain. Why, why, a captain of what team? What kind of sport was that? A soccer team. Why, why, they, why did they elect you to be the captain of the soccer team? Hopefully, they felt I led by example, uh, hard work. What do you mean by leading by example? What are you talking about? Going the extra mile, listening to the coach, following direction. Hmm. Does that have anything to do with what you're doing nowadays at Savile Studley? I hope so. Well, what's the parallel between you know being the soccer coach, soccer captain, and what you're doing nowadays with real estate? I think you have to be able to be coachable. You have to take direction well. And in the position I'm in now, hopefully I'm leading them in the right direction. Wait a minute. You have to be coachable? 
they have to be coachable. They have to be coachable. And how about the personality trait that you had then that you have now? Why why would they follow you? Why would they why would they lead why would they listen to you? You want to lead by example, be in the trenches with them, showing them the right way, an ethical way to go about. So business. if somebody doesn't do the job, you throw them under the bus? No, certainly not. That would not be what you want to do. Because you got loyalty as you, your middle name, don't you? <laughs> try to. You're all about the team. What's the website address of this organization, Savills? Savills-studley.com. How do you spell that? S-A-V-I-L-L-S-studley, S-T-U-D-L-E-Y.com. And your name again is? Greg Shipers. And your role? Uh, co-leading a brokerage team of five. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Kathy Anderson. Kathy is the president and CEO of Goodwin House Incorporated. Kathy, what is Goodwin House Incorporated? Goodwin House Incorporated is a not-for-profit organization with a reach um, throughout the metro D.C. region whose passion is serving older adults and the people who care for them. We serve about uh, 1,400, 1,500 older adults daily, thousands of additional persons who are their families and loved ones. We have 900 um, incredible staff members who come from 70 countries and speak 23 languages. And together, Mm -hmm. our goal is to create community um, where we each belong and older adults are well served. Where, where, Where are you from originally? I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, which uh, when I was growing up there was called Mob Town. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have three siblings. Uh-huh. Where are you in the pecking order? I'm the first of uh, uh, You're four. the oldest of four. Um, and you also mentioned earlier that you're the oldest of four in four and a half years. So what was growing up the oldest of four in four and a half years? How'd that make you feel? Well, my siblings, um, I, I hope affectionately, called me Bossy the Cow once they were old enough to um, speak. Uh, and, and I think the um, way I say that is that my parents and mm-hmm. myself and I believe my siblings mm-hmm. um, felt that I had a position of responsibility. Um, I would say I think that I was expected to be um, responsible and adult a little bit earlier than so you, um, you, I might you have you liked. You told us in the green room that you felt like you were responsible for the family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's sort of fascinating because... It seems to me that's the same role you're playing in business nowadays as the president and CEO of Goodwin House Incorporated that serves 1,500 senior citizens and their families each year. Isn't there some sort of a connection there? I think there is. I, 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 I've had to um, really think about the meaning of the word responsible. And it can be a burden um, if you feel that you're responsible for the well-being of um, a family or yourself or your mom and dad or your siblings. Um, but it can also be very freeing if you think about yourself as a catalyst uh, for um, the stories that people can tell and the health that a family unit and a family unit can be 1,500 people um, can create together. So I, I think it started um, as a burden. It, it certainly mm-hmm. um, taught me uh, to be quite um, organized and persuasive. It taught Excellent. me to listen to stories. Excellent. Uh, uh, Shirley, what do you have? What did your mom do for a living? Well, my mom was uh, trained as a teacher, a master's level teacher, at a a time when that was fairly unusual. Uh, But when she married my dad, Mm -hmm. and they married um, a a bit later, uh, Mm -hmm. he was a minister, and um, she, uh, they began um, popping out kids um, pretty quickly. And so, what what do you bring from what do you bring from mom and from dad, each of them, to work every day? Oh, what do I bring from each of them to work every day? From my mom, I bring heart. I bring um, an absolute sense that mm. every person has a story and every person matters. And how matters. about dad? What do you bring from, work to, from dad to bring to work every day? What do I bring from my dad yes. um, every mm-hmm. day to work? I bring a sense of the necessity, my choice, for um, as a leader um, to be a public voice that is authentic Michael? and trusted. In the green room, uh, you mentioned your passion for writing plays and bringing people together. How do you see that like uh, manifesting itself in your business? Right. So I was saying earlier that when I was a kid, it, it was a little bit um, lonely. And um, so I would sit under a lilac bush in our backyard 
and I would um, write plays, and, um, and nobody's ever asked me to write plays for money, <laughs> but I would, um, I would um, persuade every member of my family, including my 94-year-old grandfather and all of the kids in the neighborhood to act in these plays. What that, I think, <laughs> the, the dot connect um, mm-hmm. would be this ability to... Um, you know, create a collective imagination mm-hmm. and to persuade people to play together, um, to create something that didn't exist before. Uh-huh. Mark? So you talked about some of the challenges you had as, as a kid. Uh, could you sort of describe your, your perception and your approach to solving those challenges? I don't believe there's I, I believe with Lisa that um, y- you know life throws us. Uh, life throws us what it will, and and some days it's just bursting D- over. Didn't the joy you mention something so about feeling invisible or something like that as a kid? <laughs> uh, being invisible it, for me, it's always been important, and I, I guess this would be to the challenges. It, it's always been important um, that I'm not invisible, and the people around me are not invisible. Well, why is that? Why has that been important to you? Where's that coming from? Why is it important? Yeah, and where's that come from in you? Well, when I was a a, a young teenager, I was with my mom, who was an an older mother, and we were um, in a shoe store. She, She was buying shoes. And we got shoes, and the salesperson was very engaging uh, to me, and I loved that. And afterwards, um, we were walking out, and she was a tiny uh, little lady. She weighed about 90 pounds, and she said to me that she was really annoyed um, because it was her feet um, that were in um, play, and that he had never once looked at her, um, that his entire conversation had So how did that make me. you feel? How did it make me feel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I want to be appropriate on air. It it made, it annoyed me. Um, it hurt me for my mom, and it embarrassed me mightily that I had not noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had to tell me that she was made to feel invisible. And how's that affecting you nowadays? The fact that um, you don't like being invisible and you didn't want your mother to be invisible. How's that affecting you nowadays? Uh, it affects me because in my orbit, I don't want anybody to be invisible. Give us an example of what you mean. So I have a, um, I have uh, five stepchildren. Uh, so I've got um, five kids from two different um, relationships, and I never birthed a baby. One, one of those kids is from Zimbabwe. When she was um, in college, uh, it was sort of a big deal. Um, and one summer, she um, worked as a housekeeper. And her observation was that the professors who had paid her um, um, a great awe when she was a student didn't even notice her when she put on the uniform of a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, you know, that um, being not being invisible means that um, we mm-hmm. see the person. We don't see gotcha. what they're wearing. We mm-hmm. don't see what the role is. All right. Mark, question, last question, Mark. So how is that reflected in who you hire and how you run Goodwin House? Who I hire and could you repeat the second part? Yeah, this this sort of need for for you to to make sure the invisible are seen. Oh. How does that reflect in, in who you hire and why you hire certain people? Right. Well, you know, so for me, uh, a, a, a driving passion is that no one would be invisible. But I think how that shows in my role as CEO is that if we create um, an environment, whether it's in the communities that we own and manage, or it's by serving people in the homes that um, that that are are their place um, to live, that we um, we are insistent that mm-hmm. every person's story be heard Excellent. and honored. Excellent. Michael? Uh, we talked about your passion for writing plays. If you uh, had to write one today, what would the title of your play be? So I am retiring in June, and um, I think the um, title of the play, Michael, would be something like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> uh, look what we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kathy, what's the website address of Goodwin House Incorporated? www.goodwinhouse.org. Give me that again. Goodwinhouse.org. Goodwinhouse.org. And one last question. What's the best part of your day? Oh, it is, uh, like Lisa, it is being with people whenever I'm down. All I have to do is walk out of my office. I can see a staff member. Mm-hmm. I can um, uh, uh, see a resident. I can see a family member. It's and all I'm about reminded the people. of the difference It's we all make. about the people. We're speaking with Kathy Anderson, President and CEO of Goodwin House Incorporated here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break.
And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm -hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm -hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? Medtechconference.org. Let me have that one more time. Medtechconference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Tia Flick. And Tia, what, what organization are you with? WearAware. And uh, what is WearAware? What do you guys do? We're a digital agency. Mm -hmm. And what's your specialty in the agency? I focus on search and analytics. Search and analytics. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So that's uh, how you show up organically at Google. Uh -huh. uh, it's pay-per-click. Uh, mm -hmm. And then how to measure all of that. Now, there's only certain, certain kinds of businesses that should be worrying about that stuff, right? Nope. Everyone should be worrying about it. Tell us a little bit about what types of clients and what kinds of industries you've been able to help. We work across a broad range of industries. Um, so we work with everyone, local companies mm -hmm. who might do air conditioning and HVAC mm -hmm. to really large companies that you might have heard of like Pitney Bowes. Mm -hmm. so, and you're helping these folks, your specialty in the firm is helping them with a digital strategy? Yes. So I, I specifically focus on uh, all their search needs. Mm -hmm. what, 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 what do you like about that gig? Well, the, the industry is moving at a lightning fast speed, mm -hmm. and I love being able to help our clients guide through that chaos that's happening. So you come up with creative ideas and present these ideas to them regarding how to get them results from search and all that other kinds of stuff. That's correct. And you got to keep involved with them because there's so many things changing all the time, it sounds like. Yes, constantly. Hmm. Doesn't that frighten you, all that change? Oh, I think it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I, I love mm -hmm. the constant pace of change. What's the website address for the organization? It's wearaware.com. Let me have that again. Wearaware.com, W-H-E-R-E-O-W-A-R-E.com. We've been speaking with your name again is? Tia Flick. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. like to introduce Jake Halleth. CEO and founder of Allied Mission Group. Jay, what is Allied Mission Group? What are you guys doing? So Allied Mission Group is an IT solution provider specializing in national security. We support uh, CBP, TSA, Secret Service, and FEMA. Uh, we do cybersecurity work, border security, and infrastructure management. All right. How large or how small is this organization? We're approximately 65 people. And how'd you get a job with the company? I founded the company. You founded the company. Where are you from originally? I'm born in Washington, D.C. How many brothers and sisters? I'm third, I'm three of four. You're third of four. And what were mom and dad doing for a living? So dad uh, was a chef, then moved into hotel management, and mom was a homemaker. Uh-huh. Dad was a chef, and mom was a homemaker. How many hours a week was dad working? Uh, about 80 plus. And where are mom and dad from? India. India. And so mom and dad came from India to the United States to Washington, 
and they uh, raised a family, and Dad was working 80 hours a week. Uh huh. Tell us about what was the effect of you growing up third of four uh, in that family? Um, so we were what I would call a low-income family, um, a lot of hand-me-downs. I was the, the third uh, brother, so my older brothers, I got their clothes, I got their shoes, um, so I wasn't the most popular kid in the world. What so. do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, when the clothes don't fit you, right? You look a little bit uh, out, of, out of ordinary. And you still remember that? I do, sir. How did that make you feel? Did that make you feel angry? Did it make you feel inadequate? Did, how did that make you feel? Um, uh, it, it, it obviously brought some insecurities about it, but you know, it was, it was things that I took as challenges and, and kind of drove me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Michael? Uh, you said you weren't the most popular. How did you go about making friends? So just in life, uh, looked at what my strengths were. Mm-hmm. was um, good in sports. I was very fast, very quick. Um, so I played football. Um, so that's where, where I shined. Awesome. What role did you uh, play or what position did you play in football? Skinny little kid, I played wide receiver when I first started, so I couldn't really handle a tackle. But as I got bigger, um, I played all the way up through semi-pro. I played tight end. Awesome. Did you have a leadership role in the team at all? I did. I, I played uh, in high school. I was a co-lead. I was a co-captain on the, on the offensive side. And on the semi-pro team, I was a co-captain as well. well Why did they want you to be the co-captain? Uh, just, just like in life, uh, bringing a team together, right? Um, you, you get a, a bunch of individual contributors. You cannot have a bunch of in, uh, individual contributors. It's, you know, it's the weakest link. So you have to focus as a team and deliver as a team. And that's how you win, win the game, and that's how you succeed in life as well. Shirley? How old were you when you first started making money? It's about 10 years old. And what kind of jobs were you doing at that age? I was cutting grass. And at what point did you move on to additional jobs? At uh, 15, I started working at McDonald's. I was uh, a fry cook, that's what they called it. And how long did you work there? About two and a half years. And when you finally left your job at McDonald's, um, what were you doing at that time? I was a supervisor there. Why did they move you from fry cook to supervisor? I took on every job that I could get. I went to the management, asked them what they needed me to do. Um, you know, f- we had a very diverse team. I could communicate with the team and get folks to, to come together and get things done. So, Wait a minute. So you're the, you're, you kept on volunteering for stuff? Yes, I did. Well, let me ask you a question. When you volunteered, did you also ask them for more money each step of the way? No, I did not. Well, isn't that dumb? Why did you do that? Um, just, just like today, if, if you deliver the right results, um, if you work with your client, if you work with the people, I think money is a secondary factor. It will actually come in time. Huh. How about that? I, I, I mean, you're running a successful business. I'm not, I, you don't normally hear that, but I guess maybe it's because most of the news is negative. But you're telling me that, I mean, you know, you're built a successful business. I guess it's true. Mark, what are you thinking? So what, what kind of events uh, or experiences of growing up sort of affected you strongly? So, so I say two things that, have, that affected me strongly was, first of all, um, during when we had to make our monthly payments, uh, watching my father scrape his uh, tip money that he got from the hotels to, to make the mortgage payments and staying away from dad and understanding the stress um, that, that he was going through. How's that reflected in your business today? How you approach your business and your employees? And so it's um, obviously the hard work, tenacity, drive um, comes from my father. Um, There is the secondary of what I learned from my mother that I think carries more into what I do in business today. What do you mean? What are you talking about? So my mom has a a saying that's always been with us. Um, She has four sons. She says the four sons are like the four fingers of her hand. Each are different, each look different, each have separate functions but come together and work as a unit, and they're each um, equal distance from the heart. Um, I've carried that into what I do in business today because obviously you have employees that do different functions. Each function is very important, but if you don't work together as a team and look at the uniqueness of the folks, you'll never succeed as a, as a team or as a unit. Wait a minute. Your mother understood fundamentally what it takes to build a team. She saw that in her kids. You didn't know my siblings <laughs> <laughs> or myself, but I, I think that was how we brought together as a family and looking at us because individually is, we do different things. Is mom aware of your business success nowadays? 
I think she looks more that I'm happy as an individual. Has your mother has your mother been to the office? She has. How do you think she felt walking through those doors? She was proud, but she was also concerned to make sure that as a mom, I continued to take care of myself. What are you talking about? Uh, just like anyone that starts a business, I was putting a lot of hours. I think I took that mold from my father. Um, recently, I've pushed more work-life balance, not to just myself, but to everyone in the organization. And I'm spending more time because family grows up quick, kids grow up quick, and you need to be there for them. Michael, what would your dad say about your success? He would be very happy. Yeah. What, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Uh, realizing the challenges that he faced, the family faced coming here from India. Um, realizing you, you primarily have to do whatever it takes to, to come here and do whatever job. Um, we're first generation here. Mm -hmm. And knowing that his sons that he's worked hard for have developed a good life for themselves, I think that's part of what all parents would, would want for their kids. As migrants, I'm sure there are certain stereotypes you've probably had to overcome. Can you talk a little bit about that in your experience? Uh, of course. I mean, there's, there's always been stereotypes. Um, growing up, there wasn't many, you know, we, you know, most folks would think I, I got it from both sides, right? Most folks would think I would play cricket or I would play badminton. I liked football. I liked track. Mm -hmm. uh, there were stereotypes there. Uh, there were stereotypes on the team in, in terms of how I... Um, how I was perceived if I could play the sport. How about in business? In business there was. 9-11 uh, is what shaped, um, got me into DHS. I've been supporting Department of Homeland Security since 9-11, about mm -hmm. a month after that. I took my first role there. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of stereotypes just because of the impressions that uh, folks have seen about individuals. And how do you overcome it? Uh, it's, you know, obviously, continuing to help the mission, continuing to help the agencies, um, uh, you know, advocacy mm -hmm. in terms of speaking. Jay, what was your reputation amongst your cousins when you were a kid? So my cousins were all back in India, so it was not, mm -hmm. we, we, there, there wasn't really a much Have any of the cousins come to visit since then? No, they haven't. Mm -hmm. Have you been back to India? You yes, I have. Uh -huh. How'd you feel going back to India? How recently was that? Was that after you started the business? It was right when I started the business. Mm -hmm. If you went back now, how do you think you'd feel? Feel good. I mean, I, I think it also it level sets me in terms of where I've come from. Okay, it, give me that again. It, what does you? It level sets you? It, What's that mean? Humility is a big part of what we do. Um, we, we are farmers back in India. Mm -hmm. To see what my family's come from, to see what my parents have had to do to come over here, it, it makes you realize that, you know, there's multiple, added, multiple factors of success, uh, and it's not, it's not just financial. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Success is you know, bringing a team, bringing a family. I mean, I, I treat my, and I don't, I don't like being called a CEO. I don't like being called a founder. You know, a CEO is a glorified title. I'm one of a member of a team, mm -hmm. and I do whatever it takes to get the job done. So we're a unit, we're a family that comes together to work and getting something done. So humble is really your middle name. I mean, you know, you're not you're not standing up and saying I'm the guy. I, Mark, what else are you thinking there? So is this particular a book or a movie or some, something that <laughs> inspires you to sort of carry with you as a sort of a talisman or a template? It's uh, it's ironic, and I, I told my wife I wouldn't say this, but um, I was a I was a bouncer in in college, um, and so I, I told my wife the moment we, went, we met in college, that I'm going to one day write a book and it's going to be called From Bouncer to Boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the title again. From Bouncer to Boardroom. Uh, this was before there was a boardroom, correct? Yes. So you knew you were going to be doing this thing, starting your own business. I, I guess I did. How young were you when you knew you were going to be starting your own business? I think uh, college, I realized mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You think your wife had a role in that? Of course. What role? Uh, she's, she's the backbone in terms of she's a support system. No one starts a company without a support system that does it. It's a... I just needed to hear you say that. What's the, uh, what's the website address of this organization? It's alliedmission.com. We've been speaking with Jay Callis, CEO and founder of Allied Mission Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is... Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? 
Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure, I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings, and such. So you're you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your Business Spotlight. I'm Tina Leandi. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows? the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, th- your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that uh, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events through art uh, through a happy hour mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to come out of that mm-hmm. that's what's exciting so it's all about the people and you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? hell no it's a lot longer uh-huh. than that baby so do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that sure sure let me have the website address of this sure, organization bid.com and, and you can download boston connect mobile app let me have uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid.com it's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. Your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. 
We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Constance Chatfield-Taylor, who's the president of Flying Colors Broadcast. Constance, what is Flying Colors Broadcasts? Flying Colors Broadcast is a communications company based downtown Washington. We combine satellite, webcasts, social media, and content to engage audiences. Cool. Where are you from originally? Uh, from a tiny town called Lincoln, Virginia. And what's special about Lincoln, Virginia? Uh, it's a, a very small Quaker community, and it's about an hour west of Washington. Uh-huh. All right. And uh, how, how, how did you feel growing up in that community? I mean, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I'm the youngest of six. Mm-hmm. And how did you, you feel growing up in that community, youngest of six? That uh, was good. It was a close-knit, uh, helpful community. Uh, you always felt a sort of a part of things. Oh, interesting. Okay. Michael, what do you got? Uh, earlier in the green room, you mentioned that your, your father left around the age of five. What impact uh, did that have on you? Uh, it created a total sense of independence. Um, and almost survival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean? What are you talking about there? Uh, well, we didn't have any money, so you had to kind of make it. So what would uh, that do to you? Uh, made me figure out how to start different businesses. Uh-huh. All right. Shirley, your turn. Um, how young were you when you first started playing team sports at school? I was pre-Title IX. We did not have, uh, there were no sports for women in public schools. So what did you end up doing in your spare time? I grew up riding and then teaching riding so I could uh, pay for college. Um, I would put together teams to compete with private schools. So yeah. in order to make money, let's see, you weren't able to play team sports because they didn't have te- girls' team sports at that point in time. That's unbelievable nowadays. And um, so you ended up riding horses, and then you ended up turning that into a business, huh? Because you needed money. Correct. Um, everybody else was babysitting, and I didn't know how to do that. Uh-huh. So you, but you do know how to create opportunities for yourself, and you created it out of riding. How interesting. I'm, I'm, uh, Michael had a question, but I'm going to steal his question. Please forgive me, Michael. How did you get involved into this world of communications? And it sounds like one thing leads to the other for you. Uh, very much so. My, my brother's friend built me a darkroom in an abandoned milk house, and from that moment, I basically kind of knew what I was going to be interested in and that led to later it led to being a photographer at college on the newspaper and then into the satellite business oddly enough. So it's interesting so one thing really does lead to another with you like for example you needed money and there were no girl sports you started riding horses and you started a business out of it the same thing with going from photography to satellites. Correct. Interesting. Mark what do you got? So you said you grew up on a farm? Yes. And far- people on farms f- fix things? Yes. Is that, is that kind of what you see business as, is, is fixing things? Yeah, coming up with solutions. And my, my favorite thing is someone comes to me with a communications um, issue, and we come up with creative ways to solve that issue by using different technologies. So basically organizing a number of different things with effective content to get the messages to the right people. There's mm-hmm. nothing better than someone coming to us with something like that. So engineering, uh, you know, growing up when you did is not a common occupation. No. How, how did you arrive there, and, and how do you thrive there? Um, I, when I first got into the broadcast business, I worked for an airline doing industrial video production, and <coughs> I, then I went into um, a professional international news situation where I, communi- I basically coordinated all the feeds for the BBC out of Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and... Uh, learned the satellite business in a regulated environment. When it became deregulated, I started my own uh, my own company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, running your own business, what's the best part of it? Um, I think being able to organize effectively teams and the correct tools to get the job done, which varies according to every 
communications. So um, is your strength more the technology or the team? I think it's understanding what the engineers can do, what the camera people can do, what their specialties are, pulling a, together an effective team and the right tools, which has been sort of my life history. You have to have the right tools and the right people with the right talents to get to the common goal. Give us an idea of how early that started. What are you talking about? Um, pretty early. I mean, I, when I started teaching riding, I knew I couldn't do 65 kids and 25 horses on my own, and I pulled together local kids that would help me to, to be able to teach that many people. And how young were you when you were doing this, when you were organizing the other kids to help you teach? Oh, I started really teaching um, at 11. And how, how young were you when you were organizing the other kids to help you teach? When I realized that it was a lot of work and I needed to be efficient. How, how old were you? Probably 13 at that point. That's a little odd. 13 years old to go organize the other kids so that they can help you teach riding. It's uh, interesting. So yes, you really yes. do have this organizational ability, don't you? Figuring uh, out who people are, where people fit. Yes, I love that. <laughs> love what? What do you mean? I like um, the magic that happens when you have the right equipment and people in place to get to communicate what needs to be communicated effectively to help that organization, whether it's corporate organization or a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Michael, what else are you thinking? Um, you said uh, Lincoln was a really small town. What reputation did you have that you were an entrepreneur? What, what reputation? Yeah, what did, did people have? think of you back then? It's a small town. Everybody's doing their own thing. So you really didn't, people didn't say, oh, you're doing X, Y, Z. Now it's a very independent, people were farmers. Yeah, you didn't worry about what the other person was doing. Uh -huh. and independence. Uh, independence, mm -hmm. huh? And, and this organization, the uh, it sounds to me like you like collaboration. You like working with people, don't you? Absolutely, especially internationally, and understanding that engineers in all part of the world, all parts of the world, even if there's a language barrier, you can figure out how to work with them. You uh, you draw. We all understand the same the same. Uh, drawings and symbols and the language barrier really doesn't get into in the way when you can write it down and pass it around the table and people that's pretty understand. cool you're working with people all around different parts of the world and you know you regarding different kinds of engineering problems and you understand the engineering problems and the people it's like you're pretty special of what you do what's the website address of this organization fc-tv.com let me have that again fc-tv.com fc-tv.com. We've been speaking with Constance Chatfield-Taylor, president of Flying Colors Broadcast here ex on Executive Leaders Radio. We've also had the opportunity of speaking with Lisa Firestone, president and CEO of Managed Care Advisors, Kathy Anderson, president and CEO of Goodwin House Incorporated, Jay Calleth, CEO and founder of Allied Mission Group, and again most recently, Constance Chatfield-Taylor, president of Flying Colors Broadcasts. I would like to thank my co-hosts, including Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Mark Haas, Association for Enterprise Growth, Michael Lassiter, Seville Studley, and Shirley Mowry Hertzbach for giving me a hand structuring the questions, hope of providing our listeners an entertaining and educational show. Let's do some quick websites here. What's the website address for Managed Care Advisors? It's mcacares.com. For Flying Colors Broadcasts? fc-tv.com. Goodwin House. Goodwinhouse.org. And Allied Mission Group? Alliedmission.com. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.